world. Amen. Thank you so much. All the way, my Savior leads me in a very beautiful new setting. Thank you so much for that special. How many of you sense the leadership of the Lord in your life? How many of you are facing some challenges right now and you absolutely know you're dependent upon the Lord for His leadership as you're facing these challenges? Yes, there, there is no way in this day and time that we can live successfully without having the leadership of the Lord. So thank you so much for that reminder in that beautiful setting. Thank you so much. All right, we are taking our Bibles tonight, and uh, we are turning to 2 Peter. We've been in 1 and 2 Peter now for some time, and we're coming down to the wire on 2 Peter. 1 Peter, of course, uh, Peter is writing by inspiration and is telling us that we can be successful serving the Lord in spite of persecution, in spite of criticism, in spite of difficulties on the personal level. And then in 2 Peter, he expands the thought, we can be successful in serving the Lord in spite of apostasy all around us. Spiritual declension is taking place all around us. And tonight we are in the third chapter and just about ready to wind it all up, but we're going to begin at the 11th verse. Now, just prior to verse 11, we have read that God has reserved for Himself the judgment of this world, and there will come a time in the future, according to the Bible, and it's recorded and preserved for us, when God will fervently melt this present earth, destroy this earth and the heavens, and will then create or recreate new heavens, new earth. Now that's happening, and God has reserved that to Himself. Uh, we know, according to the verses just prior to what we're reading tonight, that God destroyed the population of this world by a worldwide flood in Noah's day. Only eight souls were spared, about uh, room for about 35,000 vertebrates, Average size of a sheep could fit on the ark, a football field and a half in length, and uh, large enough to, to carry hundreds of boxcars worth of, of, uh, of livestock and, and creatures and animals and food and uh, provisions and so forth, so that they could be spared. But the, uh, the ungodly, unrepentant world was judged and destroyed. That is a fact. We have the we have the fossil record that absolutely established that uh, between four and 5,000 years ago, this whole world was covered with water. And uh, those that were living then perished. But God will not destroy the world again by water. He has promised there will not be a worldwide flood. Uh, and He gives us the rainbow and the promise in His Word that that will be the case. But it will be destroyed. It will be destroyed by fire. The elements will fervently melt. The, the heat will be so great that, as you recall in high school, how many of you took chemistry and you learned the chart of the elements and uh, you know the atomic weights and numbers? Remember that? And they were always adding one. You know, somebody was, was uh, messing with uh, the elements and, and for a split second there would be a new element. Uh, I remember that very, very very clearly, 
But uh, all that's going to be melted. And everything's going to be brand new. And for all eternity, we will have perfection. There'll be no marring of the creation such as we have right now. We're in first, excuse me, Second Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 11. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Here's a question. What manner of persons ought ye to be? What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, remember when you see wherefore in the Bible, look and see what it's there for. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of Him in peace without spot, and blameless. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the scripture tonight, which makes very practical and very relevant this future prophetic truth that we're going to have the old world and heavens destroyed and the new world and heavens established. And because of that, there ought to be some self-examination and we ought to be yielded to you in this day and time, living for you in view of that which will take place. Lord, help us tonight to take this very seriously. In Jesus' name, amen. Layman Strauss is one of my favorite authors. He was a great preacher, had the privilege of hearing him when he was alive back in the 1960s. That's going back a time. But uh, Lehman Strauss was a great Bible teacher, an expositor. He was a theologian. And he wrote about uh, prophecy. He wrote about uh, Israel. He wrote about uh, doctrinal matters in the Bible. And he shares with us that the God of the Bible is the God of the atom, A-T-O-M. Our God is a consuming fire, it says in Hebrews 12:29. Then Layman Strauss goes on to say, there are many passages in the Bible which present Jehovah as the God of the fire. Write this down. The presence of God is in the fire in Exodus 3, 1 through 4. The presence of God is in the fire in Exodus 3, 1 through 4. Our God is a consuming fire. Don't forget that. Hebrews 12, 29. The pathway of God is in the fire in Exodus 13, 21. The pathway of God is in the fire in Exodus 13, 21. The precepts of God are in the fire in Exodus 19, 18, Exodus 19, 18, and Exodus 20, 1 through 17. The precepts of God. The power of God is in the fire in 1 Kings 18, 30 through 39. Now, you know, of course, that's when Elijah called down fire out of heaven. And my, wasn't that an amazing performance on the part of God 
in contrast to the futility and the impotence of the false gods of the prophets of Baal. Right? We have the presence of God, the pathway of God, the precepts of God, the power of God. Now we have the protection of God in the fire. In Isaiah 43.2, where we're told we'll be brought through the flood and through the fire. Isaiah 43.2 and Daniel 3.25. And we know about uh, Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were in the fire, but not alone. One was in the fire that appeared to be the Son of God. And he, he is, of course, Daniel 3.25. So we have the protection of God in the fire. And then we have the punishment of God in the fire in Genesis 19, 23, and 24. Genesis 19, 23, and 24. That's when fire fell, fire and brimstone, on Sodom and Gomorrah and Leviticus 10. 1 and 2. Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. The Old Testament prophets foresaw a time when God would once again punish the earth with fire. The psalmist presents a word picture of that day when he writes, Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before Him and it shall be very tempestuous round about Him. Psalm 50 and verse 3. And uh, Layman Strauss continues, but I'm not going to spend the whole night reading from Layman Strauss. You understand what I'm saying. This presentation of God as a consuming fire is not new. And it will come to ultimate fruition when this world as we know it will be done away. I like the gospel song which uh, deplores the fact that some people have gotten accustomed, adjusted to this world. And uh, it goes on, the, the gospel song says, I, I'm, I'm not adjusted, I can't get adjusted to this world. Why? Because this world is temporary. It's not final. This is not our final home. And because of that, Peter, writing by inspiration, says, What manner of persons ought ye to be? Believers are supposed to be living godly lives. But we need this little extra boost to be effective. To know that the reason we wouldn't live a holy life is because we get attached. We get attached to this world. We get adjusted to this world. We, we allow the world system to adjust our thinking so that we talk like them, we think like them, we conduct business like them. We, we are not like them. We're not like the unsaved. We have been transformed. We're new creatures in Christ. We're in the world, but not of the world. And so we shouldn't behave like the world. And we shouldn't try to be like, we shouldn't try to fit in the world. Our, our manner of living should be different. So we must be a different kind of person in all holy conversation and godliness. Now, the, the word conversation refers to our living or our lifestyle. Our conversation is our living or lifestyle. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. The word dissolved means it has the sense of being loosed or unleashed. It's going to be gone going to be gone. You let that 
untamed animal loose and it goes. This world is an untamed wild animal and it's going to be loosed. It's going to be gone. We're not going to be associated with it in the future. And so God is saying, I'm going to bring judgment against this world, so don't be like them. Don't act like them. Don't think like them. Don't talk like them. Don't go where they go. Don't do the things they do or the way they do things. We should be distinctively different in how we comport ourselves because of the coming destruction of this present world and its system. We should be looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Now, the day of God refers specifically to judgment. Look at me. The day of Christ or of Jesus Christ is rapture. The day of the Lord is the judgment that comes immediately on the heels of that which is the tribulation. The day of God is that next period of time in which this melting of the elements will take place. That's God's day. That's His day. And we ought to be looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. So we're looking past the rapture, past the tribulation, which is judgment upon the unrepentant world. And this is when the destruction, the unloosing or unleashing of this wild animal, this untamed system, this mystery of iniquity will be taking place and we won't have it anymore. It'll be gone. The hasting has a sense of earnestly desiring. How badly do we want this world gone? Now we generally say this, I can't wait to get out of here, which is what's going to happen to us. It's not our only motivation, but the rapture is going to take place. We're out of here. But think about the bad stuff. You got all that judgment of tribulation and the world's still a stinking rotten place until God melts it down. And so we should be looking earnestly for that because there's coming a day. I can't imagine all the details and God hasn't given them to us, but we accept the truth that we're going to live in a glorified body like Christ's body for all eternity in a new creation. And there will never be a stress. There will never be a problem. There will never be any difficulty, challenge, pain. I mean, it'll all be gone. It's going to be perfection and bliss in the new creation for all eternity. And there will be people living on earth. Now, the Jehovah's False Witnesses don't believe in heaven. They think that's just for their 144,000, which they're really mixed up on also. But we will have a new earth. We will have a new creation. And so we have, though we don't have all the details, we know that much, don't we? That God is going to do that. And everything that's wrong right now, my tires on my car have to be pumped up every so often. Why? because this is the old world. Now, I don't know that I'll have a car in the new world. But if I do, I'll never have to pump up my tires. I'll never have to get it tuned up. I don't know that I'll have a car, because I can go from here to there spirit of th uh, just by the speed of my thoughts, speed of my, of my being. I can be there. I'm there. And so will you in your glorified body. 
think about it. We should be spending some time every day when there's a problem, when there's a challenge, give it to God, leave it alone, right? Sweetie, we've been talking about it. You just leave it with God. And then I tell you what you do. In the time when you would have fretted or worried or argued with somebody, spend that time, invest that time in thinking about the, after the day of God when all this stuff's gone. No stress. Never have that problem. Never have that again. Day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Once again, loosed. But God's people, according to this promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. The old planet on which we're living now is so saturated with sin and the effects of sin God only has one choice, and that is to totally melt it down. Start over again. Think about that. So what should we be doing? Focusing on what's going to be coming. Focus on what's new. In Colossians chapter 3, If ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. There it is. Where is our focus? Things above. What should we have our minds on? Jesus. What should we be looking for? That coming day when there won't be any more of this old rotten earth anymore. When everything is perfect. And when we're in our glorified bodies. Just think about that a little bit. Amen. Amen. We're in dwelleth righteousness. This, think about it. Right now we are the furthest thing from a, a holy center. This earth is corrupt. But huh, it will be the center it will be the home base of righteousness for the whole universe. You talk about a night and day transformation. If God can do that, God can do anything, and He can. He's going to absolutely reverse the fact that this old corrupt world is so bad and make it the center of perfection and righteousness for the entire universe. Therefore, Beloved, wherefore, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. All right, now, what is that saying according to verse 14? Believer needs to, we need to start practicing this now. As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. You and I can't do it without him. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5.1. But Paul says to the Corinthians, who are nothing but divisive and schismatic, that there be no divisions among you. Be perfectly joined together in the same mind. And they were anything but that. Why? Because they were living carnal lives. There, listen, there's no problem with the boat being in the water. It's when the water gets in the boat that the problem occurs. And there's no problem for the Christian to be in the world, but it's when the world gets in the Christian, that's where the problem is. When we start living and acting and trying to solve our problems like this unsaved world, we're taking on the corruption of this world. And believers, 
who ought to be looking forward to a day when we don't have any of this corruption around us, are actually taking corruption into their boat. There it is. So we have peace. We ought to live in peace. We have, He is our peace. We let the peace of God rule in our hearts, as it says in Colossians chapter 3. Be of one mind, having compassion one another as brethren, be courteous and so forth. Seek peace and pursue it, Psalm 34, 14. So that's important. Peace. Now, number two, purity. Purity. We're to be without spot, it says in verse 14. Purity. Not one, not two spots, not, not 10% spots, but without spot. To be unsoiled, to have no dirt, no pollution. We should be confessing our sins all day long as we commit them. As we talk bad, think bad, act bad, have a bad attitude, we should be confessing it constantly. Keep short, short accounts with God. And stay pure, stay pure and confess and confess and stay pure and confess. And we have, of course, forgiveness through His shed blood. Then number three, not only peace and purity, but also as believers, we are supposed to be living a life that is blameless, without censure, without a mark against us. And so we need to have a life that, uh, that is forward, progressive, moving forward. But we can't do that. We can't be progress Christians. We can't be moving forward as long as we have this mark against us. Uh, he is able to keep us from falling, Jude says in verse 24. But we need to be found of Him in peace without spot, and blameless, making progress. We need to be moving forward and onward and upward. Now, when we get to the end of this chapter, we're going to see how important it is for us to grow in grace, how important, how vital it is. That, I've got to tell you, with a little advance notice, is not an option. God has never said, you have, you have a choice. Uh, either one's all right. You go ahead and live any way you want to. No. What manner of persons ought ye to be? The Bible tells us clearly. We ought to be peaceful. We ought to be pure. We ought to be making progress. Not back there, you know, uh, just hardly moving at all, making any progress at all. God left us here so that we can make a difference. And I want to challenge you in these last days. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking. How many of you tonight would say, Preacher, God spoke to my heart in the message. Put your hand up. God spoke to me. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to prayer in just a moment. Now, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you been saved the Bible way? Do you know beyond any doubt, if you died right now, that you'd go to heaven? If you're not 100% certain, then right now, would you call on the name of the Lord? With heads bowed, eyes closed, would you pray something like this? Dear God. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. Now if you prayed from your heart that prayer and you meant it, would you slip your hand up so I can see it right now? I prayed that prayer and I meant it. Our Father, we thank you for the time that we've had in the Word tonight. 
And Lord, I pray that we might truly be the kind of persons that we ought to be in these last days. In Jesus' name.